0: Chamber Spaces Spaces Hello and welcome to the ether today is thursday february 17th 2022 at luart.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by WeFund. WeFund is a community crowdfunding cross-chain incubator on Terra, and it's the first launchpad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors. All money raised for projects is deposited in Anchor Protocol, and it's refundable, and all decisions are based on community voting power. WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes and check them out online at WeFund.app. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, we have the Anchor security-focused AMA with Oak, Aperture, Code Arena, and Injective.
1: Let's take a listen. All right. What's up, everyone? Can you guys hear me good? Loud and clear. Awesome.
2: Yeah, we're just waiting for a few other people to uh, join us here on the panel.
3: We have some amazing guests today for this community AMA.
2: Yeah, it's going to be
4: exciting. We've got a couple security auditors. We've got some really great, respected names in the space, and this is kind of long overdue. You know, reflecting some of the things that have happened lately. Um, you know, with different bridges popping up and the vulnerabilities that pop up there, and it's just. As the days go on, it shows more and more how much we should be focusing on security. So this should be really exciting. We're try to do a higher level to start with. And then for those out there that like to get technical, we might drop into some of the more of the details on that. Um, and I think we just about have everyone here so we can start introducing the panel.
5: Thanks, Nate. I'm super excited to be here. As a, as a crypto user who's gotten rugged twice in the
1: past year, hopefully we might be at some some personal safety tips as well. Absolutely.
4: All right. I think let's just um, start running down through um, who's on the call. Let's, um, let's start with Oak Security, guys. Um, shout out to you know, who you are and what you're doing and how you're working with Tara. And then we'll just kind of go down through the list and get this thing kicked off or perhaps we're still waiting for them. So <laughs> um, let, let's, go with, let's go with Aperture Finance team that I know is on the call.
6: Looks like we might be having some
4: difficulties here, technical, technically wise. Here, yeah. Oh, hello. Not uncommon.
3: Here's the Aperture team. Here, super excited to join this um, AMA event. Um, my name is Lee Andrew, co-founder and CEO of Aperture, and with
5: me here uh, is Pei Qian. Yep, uh, Pei Qian here, uh, co CTOs uh, with Gao. Um, we're happy to be here. Hey, this Gao.
4: Awesome, happy to have you guys here. Um, now I see some of the Oak guys on. There's Stephen. Oak, Oak. Um, Stephen, why don't you introduce
2: yourself? Tell us what you're doing. Yeah, sorry, apologies for uh, trouble connecting to this. So yeah, uh, we are Oak Security. Uh, Colin is with me on on, on this call as well. Uh, Oak Security started last year, but it's really got a longer history. I personally started all the thing in 2017, and we've we've done a lot of terror related. Protocols recently we've um, audited Anchor uh, in its first version. Of course, we've audited Mirror, Prism, White Whale, Mars, Astroport, Spar, quite a few smaller projects as well, and the Terra blockchain itself. So the Columbus Five version was audited by us. So we we are mm, sort of mm, very deep in the Cosmos ecosystem in general, and the Terra ecosystem in, in particular.
4: Awesome, yeah, it's great to have you guys here. and then another exciting team we've got on here is the Code Farina. They've got a unique business model. they're going to be auditing Anchor in the coming weeks, so why don't we turn that over to Code Farina and introduce yourselves.
7: Hi there, this is Ellie from Code I'm um, really happy to be here. And um, I, I love this um, group of speakers. I think it's going to be really awesome to compare notes with you all. So uh, for those who don't know, Code Arena does um, essentially like community audits. So we do audit competitions. Um, they're kind of a crowdsourcing approach to um, to the work of security auditing. Um, and I can talk a little more about that later, but that's kind of the, the TLDR on that.
4: Yeah, I think that'll be great. I think in a bit, we'll maybe drop into just different approaches to security auditing so the community can get an idea of how that differs and where we're at. And we'll do that in a bit. We also got Albert on here. He's part of Injective. He's also well-known. Albert, why don't you uh, introduce yourself as well, and we'll get things kicked off.
6: Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Albert. I'm the CTO and co-founder of Injective. Um, We are building a fully decentralized spot and derivatives exchange protocol on Cosmos SDK. Um, we currently actually have been working with Terra for quite some time already. We actually have um, the first uh, Luna perps um, on, on our decks as well as the UST to USDT spot markets. And we're also going to be integrating Anchor um, onto our, our chain as well. So that, that integration's um, already underway And yeah, my role here today is I'm going to be the judge for the um, auditing, I guess, competition bounty program that Code Arena is running. So I I previously audited um, the Gravity Bridge protocol, which um, was deployed on Cosmos, had a lot of fun, and excited to audit Anchor as well.
4: Awesome, awesome. So it's great to have you guys all here. It's definitely... Definitely a great panel. <laughs> um, so let's just kind of jump in, and I'll just I'll put this out there for anybody to kind of jump in and talk about. But lately, security has been highlighted again. If we look back to the previous year, if we remember flash loans, right? It was almost every week for a period of time we were hearing about a flash loan exploit, and it's starting to seem like as we now go cross chain with all the open attack vectors that happen on bridges that's going to be something that comes up and, you know, it's kind of relevant because Anchor is going cross-chain, just as Albert talked about. We're, you know, talking with Injective on how we can move things cross-chain through IBC and other ways. So um, let's just kind of throw that out there and get, definitely want to hear Code Farina's take on it, Oak's take on it. Definitely want to hear your take on it, Albert, on what the cross-chain world is looking like in terms of security. And then maybe we can dive deeper on, what we want to look at in terms of how do we solve some of these problems that we're seeing.
7: Yeah, was that a throw to me? I wasn't quite sure. But, uh, I get, <laughs> yeah,
4: you can go. So you go ahead and <laughs> then maybe Stephen from Oak can maybe follow up.
7: Uh, well, I'll preface this by saying I am not a security researcher. I just hang around security researchers all day. So um, so I have kind of like a le- maybe a less technical, but maybe more, I don't know, uh, more uh, common man perspective on all of this, which is like, um here's what i see there's de- i mean we're we're definitely noticing all the the exploits that are happening on bridges. I think it's like it's just gonna be true in any system that the more complex it is um the more vulnerable it it can be um and I think you know the the i can say this much, which is like the philosophy of code arena is really that um we really strongly believe in the power of community to 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 um pursue and address these major security challenges. And so, um, you know, and and, and also of, of the power of multi-pronged approaches, right? Which is like, you know, um, we feel like it, it's very, very valuable for uh, projects to have both, you know, ongoing efforts in managing security, right? And like very, very regular and ongoing um, a- efforts in that regard, as well as, uh, you know as well as like a broad base of people to draw on and and of, of different kinds of expertise so i think like that's like the very broad brushstroke um which is really the best level at which i can a- <laughs> address security questions um so i can't talk like into the deep tech of it but i can say um what i notice among our community of researchers um because we have a fairly uh, fairly large and broad community of researchers is that um it's by it's through the like cross-pollination and collaboration among them that these kinds of um, major problems get solved um both quickly and thoroughly so that's my two cents on that
4: yeah and i think that's i think that's a really valid point right there's with with the cross-chain bridges there's just so many more vectors of attack that get opened up so Yes, we've got traditional security auditing firms doing an amazing job, and they're obviously backlogged, a lot of them, and can't keep up. And there's a lot of really prolific hackers and security auditors out there that might not even be employed by a firm or anything that are just out there for the greater good of the community, always taking a look at this because they have skin in the game. They want to see you know, what they can do to pr- not, not only protect themselves, but protect others around them because it makes the whole ecosystem stronger. Um, Steven, I wanted to get your thought. You know, you guys are definitely heavily ingrained in the Terra ecosystem and other ecosystems. And what's your take on cross-chain bridges and what you guys have been doing to kind of combat the increased security risk that these cause?
2: yeah it, it's a difficult subject uh, i mean as a security auditor i'm personally not too keen on bridges they're, they're always very complicated uh projects when we get them and we 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 are very careful on on what type of bridges we 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 take on because you know they're they're they're, they're very difficult systems to build correctly the the problem is uh, that that it's you know there's usually a number of technologies involved. You've got smart contracts or or something similar on either side. Uh, you've got the particularities of the underlying protocol and, and and but you you need to have something in between and you know it's fairly trivial to build a, a centralized bridge, but that has its own risk and and is obviously centralized. And then you know if you build a decentralized bridge, you have a a whole consensus system and you know economic aspects to deal with and it, it becomes so complicated that it's very hard to issue any form of guarantees um or on the security there um maybe maybe my colleague Colin can jump in and talk a bit more about the the technical challenges there in in in, in more specifically
4: yeah, that'd be great, Basically, Colin yes yeah you want to jump in on that?
3: yeah sure. I'm um, sorry about that. I was cutting in and out pretty bad, so sorry if I uh repeat anything that that Stefan already said, but yeah, just so like um as as Ellie and Stefan said, um just the the attack surfaces gets opens up um when when we're dealing with cross chain bridges, so if we're dealing with um i mean we could have an audit that could span you know um five five total um chains, for example. An expert on each one of those chains we, we have to understand the interactions um from so say for for the ethereum side um, we have to understand uh, the ethereum interaction cross-chain how that interacts with like solana for example um and then kind of like we have to have our internal auditors correspond with each other and and really make sure um, that, that we really understand exactly what's getting passed across and the level of trust that's kind of happening on that channel. Um, because ultimately, um, what, everything, what everything boils down to is, is you really try to look and you analyze um, this, the, the kind of like the blast radius um, or like the, the scope of trust that these different actions can have. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's just my, my quick input. And sorry if I repeated anything, I'm cutting out a bit on my, my side with my Wi-Fi.
4: No, no worries. That's good. I don't think we want to go too deep there. I mean, just a general review of the community, I think it's great. Um, So kind of what you're saying is some of these bridges are just even too complex for you guys as a security auditing firm to even want to take on that kind of risk. Is
2: that what I'm hearing? Yeah, in a way. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, we don't want to take them on because they're too complicated. I mean, it's our job to look at complicated stuff but but there's a, a limit on what can what what any security researcher can say about something with so many moving parts and and there was an interesting tweet a few weeks ago by by Vitalik on on the inherent insecurity on on moving assets between different blockchains and uh, i'm I'm a big fan of the the way the you know cosmos which analyzed terra of course is built uh, in that it's, uh, you know, it's inherently multi-chain, not cross-chain. So, so it, it's much easier to, to say something about the security of different Cosmos chains uh, or, or Cosmos SDK built chains that communicate with each other uh, using, using IBC or, or, or even something homemade, uh, you know, but, but at least it's, um, it's using similar technology um there's an inherent security risk if a bridge is involved which is larger than if it isn't involved and you know there's there's only so much auditing can do to to prevent stuff happening
4: absolutely and i think that's kind of where let's think about this in two ways right that's kind of where maybe bug bounties come in and two that's kind of like let's bring back code arena for a minute too that's like where security auditing from a community base can come in too right it's kind of like an augmented another angle at which people are looking at these things on a a continual basis um would you have any suggestions for projects that are using cross-chain bridges right for instance anchor is going to build and has been building contracts on top of wormhole which we know is recently recently exploited and it it not only directs contracts cross-chain, but it directs uh, smart contract messaging. What what do you guys kind of look at when protocols like Anchor are using cross-chain bridges like this?
6: Yeah, well, I, I think one of the nice things about IBC is that you can just outsource your security to the IBC protocol for the most part. I mean, basically all of the Cosmos chains right now, they all import the same like IBC transfer module. They all use the same relayers, so it's very easy to get started. But that said, um, it does make one, I guess, a bit concerned if there is, let's say, a, a zero day in IBC, um, that would kind of wreck the entire ecosystem, right? But it, it's it's a bit of like I guess a trust in the collective, and if something did very terrible did happen, there perhaps will be some way to rectify it. And I, I guess also for that, um, it's eventually important to have like multi-client implementations for these components. I mean, similar to how there's you know a multi client implementation of ethereum it's like parity or you know geth um for ibc relayers at least there's like multiple um, and I, I think it's it'd be, it'd be safer for the ecosystem to have you know less reliance on on a single source and therefore more eyes and more people working on the same thing i think that's actually one of the, the great advantages of something like um, Code Arena, at least last time because you know the community does come in with like this like hive hive mind of all of their Collective experience on certain things, and they'll find like very minor things that you, as an auditor, may not know about. It could be some small detail about the Cosmos SDK or about Rust or about you know the EVM, and yeah, because they've encountered it in some other you know rabbit hole one time. And I think it's it's this sort of thing that like really makes these community based audits shine because you know the collective intelligence is it's much greater than just that of like one or two auditors.
4: Yeah, and we and, and we've seen that, right, with people in the community. I was trying to have Viddy on this call. He wasn't able to make it. He's a really known, really well known um hacker in the Terra ecosystem. And you know, he's pointed out certain vulnerabilities in the community as well, just on his own free will, right? Just looking at these things. So yeah, I, I definitely think that's important and that aspect. Um and yeah, it's it's interesting with the cosmos model, right? Because they still haven't moved towards this, the, the shared security model yet. And um, maybe you wanna just quickly touch base on that Albert and, and then we'll kind of move on a little bit here.
6: Yeah, sure. You mean shared security in the context of like a parent chain and child chains? Yeah, exactly.
4: The, 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 the future vision
6: of Cosmos, right? Is that, that
4: shared security model module.
6: Yeah, I, I think here security may be a, a bit of an overloaded term um, instead of like code security, we're now talking about like consensus security and stability, like you know like two thirds POS consensus. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that fundamentally itself does rely on IVC, and if IVC is broken in some way, then the shared security would, would also break. But um, yeah, I think separately, shared security is quite interesting as a concept because it'll essentially allow the validators of one chain, um, let's say Luna, to provide um, security for other chains. Let's say if Anchor were to have its own like chain, except um, instead of having to bootstrap a network of validators themselves for this new, let's say, Anchor chain, Anchor network, they could just lease the security of uh, the, the base terror chain. And um, basically they the staking rewards from this new chain would go to the Luna holders or basically the, the parent chain providers and in, in the future, um, there are, are even more advanced designs where, like, partial sets of the the parent chain and the child chain's validators could provide security. And in the in like the the V three of this model, like, you can have these mesh networks where like multiple blockchains can collectively share security on multiple child chains. So, like, as an example, you know Terra, Injective, Cosmos Hub could all share security in some mesh way for a child chain, which is quite advanced and perhaps one of the more uh, forward-thinking visions of the Cosmos ecosystem, but yeah, quite exciting to see how that turns out. But, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I would say though that this is quite separate from security from an auditing standpoint, <laughs> just to yeah. not the concepts.
4: Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, the reason I brought it up is because it's kind of bridged into like the next thing I wanted to talk about is like the way we're moving in the crypto space is it seems like a lot of bridges are being built because there's just so much liquidity in different places that needs to be connected and has to be connected um and so it sounds like from a from a security side of things maybe this isn't the future iteration um steven are you steven or maybe you guys at aperture um do you guys have any thoughts on where this might evolve to, um, just because I'll give you I'll give you a good example over on the Terra ecosystem, we're already competing with different UST standards, right? And to try to simplify that for the everyday users here, if you send UST to let's say Avex with Wormhole, you have a different messaging standard for that wrapped UST than if you were to send it over with Axler or any swap, and so then those two. USTs that were sent by different bridges can't be interchanged one for one on the chain that you sent it to. So it it gets complex and then we're already starting to hear talks about standards being built on top of bridges, right? Like a global UST standard, which would then be a swapping mechanism for all of them, which opens up even more attack vectors. It's just like, are we building a house of cards here? And is the Cosmos, you know, shared security Cosmos Hub a, a better model? I, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean that that that's, that's a very big question and a kind of worms really. But, uh, um, I mean, I, ideally, it's something like the the Cosmos model where you have IBC is much it's much cleaner then then having different bridges that have different assets on different chains that are, are completely different from each other uh, but obviously the reality is not like that you know we, we want to be able to work with ethereum and we want to be able to work on 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 other blockchains and, and solana is obviously has a different model so, so we, we need these bridges um i don't think there's a good answer to the problem of having two wust Tokens on Ethereum, uh, for example, and then, then maybe, you know, competing with each other. the 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 only problem that arises from this is when when arbitrage gets out of hand and and users get confused. Uh, and you know, you have a, some form of wrapped USD with very low liquidity that that doesn't react well to market changes and things like this. Uh, and you know, the average. End user m- might have problems uh, with slippage on different pools or, or, or things like this, um, but but I don't think another layer of standards can be a solution to this. It's just it's just a, a very decentralized and open system, and 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 that that's unfortunately one of the side effects. But but eventually, I suppose everything will you know will will go sort of the the biggest project wins or or, or a few big players will uh, be able to work nicely together. I don't know, I don't know how to answer that in a better way.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's it's like you said, a can of worms, right? And And it ties right into this security talk that we're having because this is just the direction we're going right now. And from everybody I've talked to, really smart minds right there's just no good solution on the table right now everyone i've talked to to a address the different standards that these tokens end up on on the other chains right it's kind of liquidity fragmentation kind of defeats the purpose of going cross chain in a certain way if you've got five different standards of one token on a different chain which then Lowers the effect of the liquidity because it's fragmented, and then on top of that, you add attack vectors <laughs> that put those the, each one of those coins at risk. Um, yeah, it's it just it's an interesting world that we're in, and and it's kind of that's why we're having these talks today. Is why we have to continually have security audits. Um, I wanted to throw an idea out there that I've been talking with some some certain firms, security auditing firms, about. Um, I ran my own tech company for many years and we had what was called a continuing service contract where we gave a discounted rate to our client to continually maintain the network. And it was kind of a win-win for everybody because we had skin in the game because we had to make sure we maintained the network because if we didn't, we weren't making good on the money we were getting paid. And they had an inherent interest to want to pay for that continuing service because it meant that their network was going for was in good shape for the whole time that we worked on it with Bridges. Do you think that possibly having a continuing contract, like a retainer style agreement where audit firms continually look at this code? So they're inherently more, more in touch with it, more in tune with it and can, and more real-time react to when they see a, a vulnerability pop up, a certain monitoring system that can monitor if attack vectors are starting to be breached. Is that something that you think that might be a, somewhat of a, a good response to this new style
2: of bridging that we're seeing? And I, anyone can take that. Yeah, can, can can I take that? Because I've got quite strong uh, opinions on, on retainers. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know. I mean, we've experimented with them, and obviously, from from our business perspective, a retainer contract with big projects like Anka would be great, right? So we, we, you know, we would we would have <laughs> continuous uh, money coming in, and and it, it, it for business it would be great. But but in practice, it it hasn't worked out that well. Um, the, the problem with this type of continuous audits is that you, you end up looking at PRs on, on GitHub and, and you, you forget the whole picture. And it's also very difficult to coordinate the timing of these things. Um, what does make much more, I, I know some, you know, I know some audit companies are pushing retainers and, and, and continuous audits quite heavily because they're obviously good for business. We've gone away from this because it didn't work out that well in practice. What tends to work well is, um, you know, to have a, several reliable audit partners. Uh, you know, we, we are we obviously competing with each other as audit firms, but we are also collaborating a lot and we are quite used to working, uh, with, you know, in parallel with different companies or one after the other and then have audits or frequent audits of full logic uh components that that makes sense because uh, the problem if you if you're on a continuous audit and you review pull requests uh, some small change might affect something you've previously audited and and you don't realize uh so what we like to do is we we like to get involved early it's a good idea to you know for teams to to get us involved before they even start coding uh, and and you know we, we can teach them how to set up a, a good internal security uh, infrastructure and practices and how to set up testing correctly and, and you know help it identify test cases that's something we can do and 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 then you know then we can come in again at certain frequencies and do audits of of full blocks and even re-audit certain things again as we are doing now with Anchor. You know, we audited Anchor. There've been updates. Now we are auditing the whole thing again. Why? Because it doesn't just make sense to update uh, the the to sorry to to audit the updates because it's uh, that, independently that that might not be a problem, but the whole thing might, might you know needs to be looked at. Um... Yeah, and also projects should set up the internal auditing. Uh, you know, you could, you, the, the, the external eyes are very important, but a, a continuous auditing approach works good if you have a security expert within the team and, and you know, someone who just reviews code and just looks at procedures, protocols, and, and other stuff like operational security.
7: Yeah, yeah I'll jump in because yeah, I, I would like I yeah. 100%, <laughs> first of all, like, absolutely echo everything that Stefan's saying and not also like uh underline and you know yellow highlight but you know because i think there's like there's different there are different strengths to every um approach to security right and what and i think what the you know there's a depth there's a depth that exists within um auditing firms like his and i think um first of all underline the piece around collaboration like i think it is Uh, 100% true that, um, like, of course, there's some like, kind of competition amongst the businesses, but there's so much, um, I think we all see each other as collaborators towards the same end goal, and also really respect each other's strengths, you know, like, we deeply respect the depth of expertise, and also the thoroughness that a um, that that traditional audit firms can provide. and uh and you know code arena has no interest in like uprooting that or supplanting it or replacing it because it has like that has undeniable value right um and I think that but I do agree like the p pe- it's it's really tricky to to align all of the incentives around a retainer model <laughs> and really um, and also just there's elements of human nature here at play like security is a lot about, psychology and human nature. And one of the things that I think what we found at Code Arena is that um, it's highly motivating to have a time constraint, right? Like we ha- we run contests, they are events, they have a start date and an end date. And that is um, not always gonna produce, like it, it's, it's a very different model than an ongoing retainer agreement, right? It's kind of the, the inverse of it. Um, but what it does do is it highly incentivizes, um, you know, a deep dive for a committed period of time, a specific period of time. And then, you know, and then we bring we bring a breadth to where the traditional audit firms have depth. We bring breadth. And then, uh, again, I would also underline what Stephen said about the, the the value of having a security expert in-house. And, you know, I think it's probably not surprising to know that. Um, but code Arena is relatively young. Like we launched our first contest last February. Um, and so a lot of the initial um, sponsors that came to us to get their codes code reviewed um, were people who understood the value of security because they were founded by very security conscious teams. And so we've had this really um, wonderful um, insight into how those teams operate and they because they immediately got the value of what we were bringing. And so, like, when we ran, we ran a contest for um, Gravity Bridge, which was our first Cosmos contest. And um, you know, they have a great team and a uh, really security conscious team. Um, and they were really surprised and excited by the things that were found by our community. Um, and that's a thing that you know, the sponsors appreciate the sponsors who are security conscious, first of all, appreciate and are receptive to, have, to having those vulnerabilities uncovered early and, you know, get the value of it and, and are receptive and open to, to hearing about it. Um, but also just, uh, you know, are, are also very aware of like, the, just the human psychology aspect of it, which is like, we all have cognitive biases, and we all have blind spots. And like, there's just always going to be things that we can't or don't see especially and I think we've all experienced this like when we've been looking at our code base for so long that we just certain things just start being invisible to us. So I think there's like there's just there's value from all these different angles and it really is the multi-angle approach that is going to always be the most effective in my in my view.
4: Yeah, I love that. that that's really what well said. And I was just going to kick it over to Albert too so go ahead Albert jump in.
6: Yeah, I I would say that rather than the retainer model, it's probably much more capital efficient to just hire more people who focus on testing and security in your your own team, right? I I would say like the the majority of our time is spent in testing and like thinking about how things could break, which I think is quite different from other maybe projects that just want to get something launched and get it out as soon as 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 they can, right? Um, But you know, that, that comes at the expense of like you know thinking about these different attack vectors which which could then lead to some you know unintended use or like exploit and um yeah yeah so i, I would just say that' really double down on investing in in like proper testing because even in the in the gravity bridge example you know i i was following their development you know for over a year and i i would definitely say that even though that they were a very, definitely a very security conscious team. Um, there were definitely things that could have been tested a lot more deeply. And that, that was always one like, tension, in, in the, I, I felt internally, because yes, it's either you can improve, like actually build stuff or you can spend time testing things. But if, if there were just more hands on deck, um, this, this could have been tested more thoroughly. And you know, small things that were missed that, that were uncovered in the audit, in the code arena, um, community audit, for example, would have been found sooner. Yeah, I love that. And that's kind of what I was
4: thinking when we, we pulled Code Arena in to do a parallel audit with Oak doing some of the security auditing that they had done before. I think the breadth and depth that was mentioned there is truly important. And I see it as, I mean, right now, I don't see how there is much competition in this sense because it's just so hard to get security auditors right now, they're just so backed up. And the shortage of security auditors in this space just shows how rapidly we're growing and how much we still need to really focus on it. And I really do like that idea of having in-house security auditors for the continuing audit side of things. And I think if they could work in parallel, right, that'd be like a specialist that could then work in parallel with the different types of security auditing firms that are hired, right, that enhances the audit that's being done, right? Because not only can that person have a great in-depth knowledge of the code, they can explain how the code works and save a lot of time so they can really focus focusing on some of these attack vector areas and areas of weakness. So I, I really like that idea. Um, I kind of wanted to, yeah, go ahead.
5: Uh, yep, yeah, if I can quickly campaign again, this is uh, Payton from Aperture. Uh, from, um, uh, from a smart contract engineer's uh, Perspective, uh, you know, it, we, we always strive to uh, optimize for uh, faster iteration speed to be able to uh, bring new features to users sooner. Um, but at, at the same time, uh, you know, I, it's interesting to hear all the auditors. Perspectives on uh, any uh, retainer uh, model—you know, constantly reviewing pull requests. Uh, uh, GitHub—it's easy to, you know, focus on the new change, and even a small change can have a huge impact on the overall uh, security of the uh, protocol. Uh, so, I just wanted to kind of. Uh, empath- Uh, emphasize the importance of, uh, you know, having, uh, like, uh, keeping security in mind when writing the code, Uh, you know, having uh, better code quality and having a good test coverage, uh, I think, you know, makes the auditor's job easier, you know, in terms of uh, understanding the code better, uh, then, you know, there is a much better chance that vulnerabilities uh, can be found uh, more easily. Uh, So, yeah, to me, it has been interesting to hear all the Perspectives, and also, uh, if I can quickly jump back to a point earlier on the different you know, wrapped versions of uh, USC and other tokens. Uh, you know, we have Wormhole wrapped and axler. Um You know, I think uh, it would be great if we can come up with a. Global standard uh, that is secure, uh, you know, so all different uh, interop solutions can, you know, have the same wrapped uh, version. But I know it's a very challenging undertaking uh, because some of the wrapped uh, tokens are built on top of uh, like the uh, uh, generic message. Uh, uh, Generic uh, messaging protocols of a uh, particular purge. Uh, so it would be hard to kind of standardize this across the board. Uh, but in the short to medium t- uh, term, I think uh, something like a curve finances stable swapping variant, uh, you know, where we have multiple uh, wrapped versions of UST uh, in a single, you know, curve pool, uh, that could help with the slippage uh, issue. And another. Uh, idea if I can think of it uh, is to you know bridge back a particular wrapped UST to Terra, to get a native UST, and then use another. Uh, please to you know, uh, get the new wrapped version, and Aperture uh, can actually help make that a lot easier for users because Aperture is building a cross-chain app store, so one app can easily you know achieve that uh, without the user having to manually uh, go through this entire uh, process.
4: Yeah, I appreciate that insight. Definitely a different angle to look at, too. Um, And we we definitely need more solutions like that. We need more smart protocols, (laughs) thinking about how to simplify some of this uh, mess that cross-chain bridges bring, kind of the the necessary evil. Um, I wanted to kind of change gears just quickly, um, because it's not often that the community gets a chance to talk with so many bright-minded security auditors. a lot of, a lot of um, user-based security, and maybe a few quick best pointers would probably be good. And then maybe we could turn it over to questions. Right? We, as we all know, as DeFi um, people have been in the space a long, a long time. We see, you know, mock websites. Just like last week, we had Anchor App which was an exact mirror of the actual Anchor site, and it. Took people to actually put in their seed phrase, and we saw some people lose funds in that sense. Um, any any pointers to users on you know best practices in the sense that they should be following? Maybe any anyone want to chime in there?
1: I, I can start <laughs> from
6: personal experience. Certainly, as Nate said, right, always check you know the URL. Um, as someone who literally understands that I'm signing zero percent of the time. Uh, making sure you're in the right place is, is obviously one of the biggest things. Anytime you think that something feels uncomfortable, uh, you'll probably double check. it might be certainly never give out your seed phrase when you're in uh, you know discord and other social media channels, be very, very weary of anyone reaching out to help you. Uh, generally the people trying hardest to help you are probably the ones most least likely to help you. Uh, so those are
7: just a couple of the ones that, that that I found you know for my time in the space.
6: Thanks, Sam, anyone else want to throw
4: anything else out there just because it it seems like, as we move further and further, more of the attacks are ramping up and phishing websites. Um, so just wanted to add some help to our users out there. Yeah, yeah I can think think
2: point a both Sorry. I'm sorry, Stephanie, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Colin. You, you probably okay. were going to say the same yeah, thing. So, <laughs>
3: uh, so I guess uh, one of the things that I kind of wanted to point out here is like, so I have a uh, like a background in traditional like cybersecurity. So like educating users um, in, in a similar fashion, uh, obviously with, with the, the DeFi game, uh, we are kind of dealing with higher stakes here, right? And um, it really presents like a landscape where attackers can get their like, like rewards or they can, their, their payouts a lot more easily. Uh, with, you know, we're, we're dealing with transactions and we're dealing with like a sense of scarcity in a lot of sense. Um, so, I, I think it's really important for to educate users to like go back on the principles of like social engineering. So that would be like authority, intimidation, scarcity, and trust. Um, in if you feel like any of those um, any of those like four like quadrants are like overpowering each other. Um, in in for example, like your interaction with a person or your interaction with a, a website. Um, take a step back. It it never hurts you to just, you know, take a step back and actually think about like what like what you're signing, uh, for example. That's that's really all I wanted to say with, with that.
4: No, I think that's an awesome perspective to look at it through as kind of like what Sam was getting at. You know, it just doesn't feel right. Typically, no one really is out there. help you get your funds back let's just be real um the majority of people out there that are trying to help you get your funds back (laughs) are people that are looking to take your funds um so yeah i think the number one thing we see here lately is you know the the web url not being correct it's like make sure you bookmark that don't type it into your browser i know it's really easy um uh, you know, clear your cache, clear your browsing history. Set it. Uh, use use Brave browser, right? You can set it to auto clear every day. That way, that um, doesn't. You're not typing in an address. You're forced to use the bookmark there. Um, so yeah, I, I think those are some of the things. Um, Zion, you think we should turn this over for questions? We're nearing like fifteen minutes left here. I think we'll go ahead and do that. Open it up for questions. So. Um if anyone has a question, uh go ahead and request to be a speaker and we can add you up here and take your question.
3: Looks like it's having some technical difficulty here. Sorry guys. Can you all still hear me? Yep.
4: Okay, cool. No one no one requesting a speaker, I think. Well then um I think on that sense then, how about we just give each of our speakers a chance to kinda Wrap it up, and then we'll kind of we close this it,
2: out. We, oh, do, we do one
1: request, Nate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, let them. Uh, hey, Titan, can you? you yes, question? I do. Um, I'm a complete noob to the ecosystem. I just happened to do some business in it, and I made some money. Um, but I want to ask you guys, what is the correlation between Cosmos, Terra, like Luna, and UST? I know that Luna and UST, like UST is the stable coin and Luna's like, but can you explain it to me? Like I'm a five-year-old. Um, sure. Um,
4: and I know Albert can kind of chime in. So the thing to keep in mind is that Luna, the Terra ecosystem is built on the Cosmos hub. So that it's built on the Cosmos software development kit, the SDK. And so that's built on a Tendermint layer chain. But what that really means is that through the way that it's built, it allows you to spin up a chain really quick, and it allows you to tie into the network security, the network effects, and so essentially, now that IBC, the the inner bridge chain that pops up, it allows us to a lot more seamlessly send assets back and forth because we're all part of the same core ecosystem. Um, and that's no, probably not as simple as it can be, but it's it's a very eloquent model. As I get. Part of this- I get okay, cool.
1: It. No, cool. it's really good. And thank you for that. And I wanted to ask the Anchor protocol, because as far as I've seen the returns, I think you've got like 19.50% or something like that. The returns are the best that I've seen in the space. Um, can you explain to me, like five year old, like how you do that, how you can afford to have such a good percentage? Yeah, uh, you know, an Anchor. When Anchor launched,
4: um, it was kind of a novel model. This was before there was really a lot of liquid staking derivatives. And what that means is when you lock your proof of stake coin that's getting a yield from validating uh, transactions on the network, it would be locked for a period of time and there, there wasn't anything you could do with it. It was a very illiquid token at that point. So protocols started creating Liquid staking derivatives that's what B Luna was, and so that then allowed you to get to keep your staking returns or redirect your staking returns and then have an asset that represented that to be able to use. So Anchor allowed you to borrow against that and to use your staking returns to help subsidize your borrow rate. And so that's really how the yield reserve gains money is when people borrow. Not only do they pay a borrow rate. They get they get incentivized to borrow, and part of how we do that is through the yield from their staking returns. And part of that staking return also goes to pay uh, depositors a higher rate to keep that pool of depositors high.
1: Right. Thank you. Um, I know these were a bit noob questions, but uh, great space. Love to be here. No thanks for thanks for coming up. I I actually have a a question. I think. um,
6: Do you think that like Anchor is too big to fail, like it's almost like it's the flagship application of Terra. And it, 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 I thought back to like, the the whole wormhole bridge hack when you know, jump came in and saved the day. And it's a bit like, um, I, I, I don't know the exact details, but like, I think Terraform Labs is, you know, upping the yield reserve. And, you know, that at the end of the day, that's, that's good for the Terra ecosystem, just as you know, jump coming in was good for uh, wormhole, but it does seem a, li- a little bit less I guess, like a pure free market. And maybe in the beginning that's fine because things are less mature, but I'm I'm curious about what's your take on that.
4: Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> there's definitely some truth to the fact that Anchor is now a pillar of Terra ecosystem. Right now it's around 50% of UST has been locked up into deposits. And in Anchor, it's not quite 50 now, but it's, at, at one point it was. and and so that's a huge amount of UST to be in there. Um, it Within eight months, it has rivaled what it took Aave to do in four years. Um, that kind of growth is really hard to even imagine, right? If you told somebody that Anchor would have, that, would, that Anchor would hit over $12 billion in total value on chain in less than a year, people would tell you you were ridiculously crazy. Um, And so I think there is a lot of truth to like the first mover advantage, right? Having that, it's kind of a barrier now, right? To a lot of other protocols and having the support of the ecosystem behind it definitely makes it a really stable protocol that said, no, I don't think you can assume anything is too big to fail. And we were working, as hard as possible to diversify borrowing to evolve the protocol to the lightning speed at which DeFi evolves because if you just sit idle it doesn't matter how much money you throw at it if you're not constantly innovating and evolving to monetize your user base nothing's too big to fail well i think we're almost to the hour here um zion we do have, we do have one more
2: question oh from cool something that came up uh alpha critic you have a question uh yeah uh thank you um yeah I had a, a question I don't know if you guys answered this already uh but it's in regards to the uh anchor protocol security audits uh are you guys looking to do any further auditing
4: further auditing in the sense of well yeah i mean i, I can answer that regardless of what you're really asking <laughs> yeah so we're this is this is kind of the point uh that's why we bought that's why we brought on oak to do securities and audits in Code Arena as well. This is part of our ongoing um, effort to do continuous security audits, right? To always be looking into the future. Anchor is going to be building a lot of things. And to the, just back to what I just said, we're going to be constantly evolving. That means new contracts. That means constant relationships with these code auditing firms to make sure that they're looking at this new code, making sure that it's audited, making sure that it's it's ready to go. Um, and so, yeah, security is something that we don't take lightly over here and something that we're gonna continue to try to expand and evolve our approach to. Awesome, thank you.
8: All right, we got another one here, DeFi Zealot. Yeah, actually, thanks uh, for uh, all that you guys do. Uh, Mike, I have a two part question. One is around, um, Um, like there is, it sounds like a lot of other B assets are coming through slowly, like uh, BSO and that kind of stuff that you will provide to increase the uh, borrowing fees so that, you know, we can stabilize um, the UST, um, I guess the interest rate, right? And um, so my first question is around, um, what prevents us from opening it up to any of the IBC chain, um, you know, uh, assets to come over as the assets, right? So that people can borrow against them. So, you know, for example, I have like five different asset classes that are all staked on. Uh, the different um, layer ones on the IBC. Uh, why couldn't I just bring them all instead of just staking there? Why couldn't I bring them all over to Anchor? Uh, like, is there a way to like blanket have all assets somehow because they're on uh, on there? And then the I guess the second part of the question is uh, about um, like if you could uh, share your thoughts around like how come. It's only B ETH and not BBTC, so that we can capture a lot of the, you know, uh OG BTC holders to come into the this ecosystem. Uh, so uh, just like I well, I uh, wanna understand um um like it sounds like it's a big lift, right? To kind of bring all these new assets over. But um uh can you comment on those a little bit more?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um the the main thing is liquidity and actually having a liquid staking derivative, right. To fit into that model where you have to stake some kind of liquid staking derivative means that these assets have to have it. And we're in talks with, um, different chains on the cosmos ecosystem. There's been proposals put up. So really it's making sure that there's a liquid staking derivative and then making sure that that's able to be sent through the cosmos, uh, ibc module and so maybe albert can mention a a bit more technical details on that um from my understanding not all coins have been whitelisted to go through that ibc module so if you were to create a new liquid staking derivative that would have to be then added to that ibc module is that correct albert
6: well I, i mean currently there is no like canonical way that you would even have like Staking derivative of your token. Like keep in mind that the assets that you can t- deposit into Anchor have to be like yield-bearing assets, right? You, you can't just deposit BTC because you know BTC doesn't naturally just compound. So you have to have this standard. And I think there's some competing efforts now, for example, by PStake from Persistence, as well as um, even just like from the Cosmos, uh, Zaki, like himself, is working on a liquid staking implementation. Of course, Terra has their own. And it's a bit similar to this bridging thing where you, you also have a lack of standardization in your liquid-staking implementation and whether these will have different assumptions, et cetera, and, and communication like messaging formats. But assuming that all of that can be solved, and it I, I very soon will be, um, then we can transfer these B assets, like BINJ, BATOM, et cetera, and um, yeah, use them in Anchor, right, as well as have a multi-chain Anchor. So you can you can have them more tightly coupled with a a, a different chain.
4: Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And we we we've been talking with Injective about getting their coin over as well. So we definitely we definitely have that in mind. A uh, great question and it, the DeFi space is evolving it's it's not where it needs to be right now to make it quick, easily, and seamless, but it, eventually it will be. Thanks for that. Great question.
8: Yeah, thanks thanks a lot and uh yeah, I think um I really appreciate um you know, the speed at which you guys have been putting things out. And there's also that like balance of like people, you know, always asking when, and, you know, putting pressure on devs, but then also in order to build really good protocols, you need a lot of time, right? I come from the software industry and I know that whole dilemma. So thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Great question. Maybe Nate, should we take one
3: more and then uh, we can close her out?
4: Yeah, let's take one more, and then I want to give each speaker a chance to just quickly wrap their talk up as well. I think that would be great. So one more, and then
2: we'll just kind of go through closing thoughts. Can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. My question is actually if one uh, of the anchor persons would reach out to me because I'm actually right now building a product where I would like to include anchor in, so just to be
4: clear, Anchor is a completely decentralized protocol. So I TFL has, has developers that work on it, but for any kind of like integration and things like that, it's great to post something on the forum there to have it talked about
2: and pollinate open in the community. Okay. So that would, that would be the approach to take to that? Yeah, correct. Oh, Okay. Thank you for that.
4: Thank you. You're you're welcome. Cool. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up. Um, If if anyone has closing thoughts, we'll kind of give you a chance to go,
6: maybe start with Albert, work to Steven, Aperture, and Code Verena, kind of wrap the call up. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, I I was just thinking back, I I actually knew the Anchor people, like the, the guys from Korea, even before they joined Terraform Labs. And it was actually just around two years ago this time. And it is pretty astounding how quickly this has, you know, become one of the, biggest like twelve billion right like uh, usc assets under management um yeah protocols so quickly and it's I guess it's really exciting to be working with you guys on integrating with, with Injective and yeah looking forward to how this will like look like in a multi-chain world. Yeah me too Hopefully. it gets really Thanks. exciting. <laughs> it gets really exciting doesn't it? I'm happy to have you on board
4: both you know with Anchor and, and doing uh, the security for Code Arena. Steven thoughts? closing
2: thoughts yeah so closing thought um, would just be you know to remind protocols and and guys of course you know very aware of this uh, that that you know we, you are building um financial critical software so, so that has to be treated as such uh, and that you know that means this is a message to all the users out there that that things have to move Slightly slower than in other parts of software development, so so please be patient. And you know, if you you, you 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 want this to to grow quickly, uh, but it also needs to grow securely.
4: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Aperture
3: guys, any closing thoughts? Um, we would like to thank everybody for this wonderful conversation. At Aperture, we are trying to build this. DeFi investment ecosystem with built-in bridge solutions, so security is naturally on the top of our mind. We look forward to further collaborating with security audit firms to make sure we, develop, we deliver a secure product for our users. Thank you. Thanks,
4: guys. And Ali? i think it'd be great to wrap up and let the community know how they can get involved in this upcoming audit that's going to happen on the 24th
7: well thank you for setting me up so nicely for that because i felt like i was like well i can't really close on any other note than to say uh we're one week away from this contest starting at code arena so um we've uh it's going to be a, a two-week contest so 14 days that's code arena's version of taking it really slow Stefan. um it's <laughs> a two-week, two-week contest is a is a longer contest for us uh so lots of time for um researchers to get in there and really dig in uh the prize pool is a nice and healthy one hundred and seventy thousand ust um we're, we're super excited to have you on board and um and we've already been hearing a lot of hype among our warden community that's what we call our security researchers and um and yeah, we welcome anyone who wants to uh, to try their hand at participating in the contest so we a very low barrier to entry. just like come in, raise your hand, come to our website, you'll find all the docs for for how to register and and participate in the competition so sign on up, tell your friends
4: super it's, exciting because it was was awesome, way
7: this this just, sorry, just I'll just as a side, I just want to say thanks to all the other uh, speakers. This was just such a great conversation, and I I learned a lot, and I appreciate you all having me.
4: Thanks, yeah, thanks everybody. Uh, this has been great, and yeah, for that upcoming audit, anyone, you know, as we talked about security right now, maybe this is your chance to get involved. Um, so head over there, try to check it out, see how you can get involved. We we'll look forward to having you there, and yeah, thanks everyone for having a great conversation, and look forward to our upcoming AMA. Next week, we're going to be talking about Terra tokenomics, Um, some interesting stuff that will come out of that one.
0: Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Anchor Security-focused AMA with Oak, Aperture, Code Arena, and Injective, recorded on Thursday, February 17th, 2022. This episode of the Ether was brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. This episode of The Ether was also brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Follow Orbital Command on Twitter using the link in the show notes to receive regular threads on Terra protocols and yield strategies, news, resources, and Twitter space discussions. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When I'm cruising, I'm rushing, no booze on my tongue. When I'm losing my cool, like a bruiser in London, the rules are confusing. So let loose the juices and try not to act like they tightened up the noose. These fools are abused like a problem stepchild. Ruling the coop with some modest exile. I'm lost in the cube with the softest textiles. A comfy padded room where I'm walking my best miles. So wipe the smirk off your face when you're serving. I'm up with a platter of bait behind the curtain. Up with the curse, it's absurd to swerve it. Letting these nerds know the wait was worth it i'll perk it up while i serve with some bullshit this ain't my first rodeo surrounded by humans opinionated merchants trying to steal your worth it's getting on my nerves so let's make them feel nervous to see sign on the dotted line and wave your rights and wave goodbye and pay no mind you gotta wash the brain and erase the time now shut the fuck up while we wait in line